Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome to another week. Thank you. Personal finance. Thank you. Thank you for your warm welcome every week. Uh, you're always, it's always good to see you, my man. Walk in the uh, door and get welcomed like this. Great. Yeah. Here we are uh, almost through January cruising, mm-hmm. real personal finance nations cruising. Mm-hmm. People are getting the help that they want. If you're looking for help and you don't want to just follow along, but you want to put a little skin in the game, go to realpersonalfinance.co and hit join the nation. You get access to your element scorecard, get to participate in a community that creates a safe container to share your challenges as well as your successes. And once a month, James or myself, maybe and, maybe we do it once together, uh, we'll be there to answer your questions in a one-hour webinar that we then slice up and put into bite-sized pieces inside the community so that you can continue to learn and grow about your own personal financial journey. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is super stoked that it's here and that we're doing this. If you uh, want to have a question on the on the show, please go to realpersonalfinance.co, hit submit a question, and we will help you with that. Um, if you do like things you hear here, uh, here, 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 uh, please take a minute to leave a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts or even more importantly, just share an episode that you found helpful with someone who you think will find it helpful. We really do want to help the nation be financially literate. And that's going to take all of us coming together to help make that happen. What do we have for today? We've got a question to get us one more step closer to financial literacy. I'll go ahead and read it if that's okay. Let's go. This question comes from Jonathan. Jonathan says, what is a good expense ratio for a retirement account? Is this something you can control with an employer-sponsored plan? I want to make sure my money is working for me and I am maximizing returns. I appreciate your podcast and have learned a lot by listening. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Um, Yeah, what a good question. Are there things you can, can do you can do to control your expense ratio? Yes. We can talk about that. And if you find that your expense uh expenses are egregious, I think there's something you can do about that too. Yeah. So we can talk about that today. Yeah, and, and because part yes and no, I think is yeah. the answer to that. It is. Because you know, if I, if I go to Stone Steps Financial and Scott's my advisor and we open up an IRA, we have thousands of choices we can choose from. And we right. can sit down together, Scott, and we can say, okay, let's let's invest in these funds. And we can control the, we can't control the expense ratio, but we can control the fact that we're choosing funds with a very low expense. Yep. If I'm working and in my 401k that's provided by, by my employer, I have a limited number of options. I might have 15, 20 funds. And sure, I can choose the funds that have the lowest expense ratio, but really 
I, I might want to be choosing the funds that are more appropriate for my goals as the first priority, less yeah. what has the lowest cost. And to that extent, you can't control it because you typically do only have a handful of options and you can't deviate from those while staying in the plan. Yep. Well, let's, we'll geek out on that in a more detail. Good frame that you gave for, yes, you can probably control some of your expenses, but you can, don't have carte blanche most of the time. We could even give an example where sometimes you do have more control. That's what's called a brokerage link account. We can talk more about what that is and where you'll find that, especially in larger plans. Um, but yeah, let's just dive in. Where do you want to start with this for controlling your expense ratios? How would we even know what someone's paying when they come to us and they have a 401k? What are we going to look for? Yeah. Whether yeah. or not they're in a good plan. It's goods and quotes. Yeah. Yeah. 401ks don't make it easy, unfortunately, to tell. You know, if I, if I have a statement from a total stranger and I see the different funds that they're invested in, I can just go to Google, type in that ticker symbol, and it will tell me what's the expense ratio of these funds. In a 401k, though, you don't have that access the same way. You have different totally. types of funds most of the time. You have something called a summary plan description. You have you have fee disclosures. But sometimes it takes going through all those things to really even understand. It's not just where the cost of the fund. It's what's the cost of the plan. What's the cost of administration? Oftentimes, there's multiple costs, and you want to know what's the total cost all in of these investments. Let's just say that the 401k market is one of the most opaque investments that most people have that make it very hard to know what you're actually paying. Yeah. Now, some employers and some plan sponsors are making it much easier. They're shining light on what you pay for them. But there's a lot of old entrants who's they really stand to gain little and lose a lot by allowing transparency into the 401k market. And so they really don't try to do that to the point that James is making, like I could be, James could come to me and he's working at a small company and the company thinks they're doing a good job with their 401k investments. And they even have one that says S&P 500 index, but he's paying one and a half percent on the S&P 500 index. But it's not clear that he's paying one and a half percent. It requires a tremendous amount of work to go figure that out. Like there's not one little ticker symbol we can put in and go, oh, James, you're paying one and a half percent. It just says S&P 500 index doesn't give a ticker symbol. Or if it does, it'll come up with this code, which usually has an R in front of it, which basically means they can set whatever range they want to set. Um, so you don't really know what you're getting. Yeah. So what what should I do? You know, I I, I know I want low costs. How do I do that? Am I just out of luck if I'm a participant in these plans? What are nope. some of the things I can do? You're not, you just have to do a little bit of work, sadly. <laughs> so, I mean, you tell me what you would add to this, but here's what I would do. If, if someone came to us and has a plan, first, we do want to see this, the, the plan summary description or summary plan description, which is going to tell us what's the plan, what are the investment options. Ideally, it gives us ticker symbols so we can get some general range of what the costs are of those plans. We'll quickly know how who how is this plan designed? Does it have active funds built in it where people are trying to beat the stock market? Or does it have index options? Or does it use like uh, dimensional funds or Avantis type funds that are designed to let markets work for us, right? Like what, what, are, what's, what are the components that we can use to build a solution first? Next, if it's not clear what the expenses are, I'd actually want to see 
a couple of quarterly statements, or there needs to be at least one annual statement that you get that shows this is what you actually paid to the fund. So there's, it should show your ins and outs from your money coming in and funds going out. And we should be able to get to a number of what you're actually paying. Now, it's not the easiest thing to come up with, but I'd still want to see that. Yeah. What else would you like to see, James? In the 401k as a whole. Does that sound good to you or is there any, what am I missing? No, yeah, I, th- I think that's the most, for the topic of today, that's most important. A couple other kind of peripheral things is the first thing I'm asking myself is, okay, is this like a little 401k where I'm not doing much of my investing and the majority of my assets are elsewhere? Yeah. If so, focus on what you can control. You can control the assets elsewhere and just try to keep that down. Yep. Um, but back to the plan, the things that I like to see is one, as you're mentioning, reasonable cost. Uh, you know, it's not, it's never going to be free. You're never going to no. have something at no cost, but the, is it a reasonable cost? And sometimes for smaller employers, it's harder to get a reasonably cost plan. Although thankfully today it's easier and easier than it has been in prior yep. years. Um, you want to have good investment options. As you're mentioning, you want to make sure that's expansive. One of the things that is important to me when I'm looking at, at it is, do they have a Roth 401k option? Yep. The reason for that, for most people who are just getting started, 401k is the easiest place to start. You don't have to think about it. You just have to make an election of how much you want to contribute. What yeah. funds do you want that to go in? And then it's kind of on autopilot. Yeah. But when most people are getting started, they're they're typically starting with an entry level uh, pay. You know, they're not making totally. a whole lot of money. Yeah. And what they end up doing is they end up putting money into a pre-tax traditional 401k, not getting that much savings for it. But because they're starting early, they're going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future. Agreed. It now costs them money to use the 401k option in a, in a sense. I would rather see, I like that more and more companies or plans have Roth components to where your income's not that high. Take advantage of the Roth. It's not yeah. going to, you know, you're not in a high tax bracket anyways and start building up tax-free income for the future. So that's another big thing I like to look for. Agreed. And if you're a firm, if you own a business, you might be sitting here going like, I can't get a Roth 401k option. Yes, you can. Our firm has, uh, well, three full-time employees and one part-time employee. And we have a 401k with a safe harbor match. Safe harbor match, by the way, is when you think your employer is like, oh, they're giving me a 4% match, 3% on my first 100% of my salary and 50% on the next 2% of my deferral up to the max. That's a safe harbor plan designed to let the owners put away money as well. That's a very common thing to see. Um, Our firm has a safe harbor plan that allows you to do Roth or regular pre-tax contributions, and it doesn't cost us an arm and a leg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. Same. And people often go back to, well, Roth, isn't there income limits on that? Yes, for IRAs, not for 401ks. So I know that's kind of a separate topic, but this is something I like to see. I like It's good when people have access to good investment options and access to the right account type, whether that's pre-tax or Roth, to save those options too. Absolutely. And then you can always go back to, I think it was our very first episode, our second episode, was like to Roth or not to Roth. Like, when would you think about doing it? When would you do it? Yeah. Feel free to go back and listen. I'm sure we were a little uh, rough around the edges back then. That was a yeah, I haven't long gone back and listened to episodes. That'd be, uh, maybe I never will. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, those are the things that we'd want to see to understand what are you paying. Now, I'll just, I'm going to speak in general terms, but traditionally, 
if I go see a plan that's from like an employer large enough to use Fidelity for Fidelity net benefits, traditionally there's going to be some plan options in there that are fairly low costs, right? If I see a 401k offered through Vanguard, I'm traditionally going to see some low cost options. If on the other, and then there's a few others that we'll name who are like small, good for small businesses that you might want to go look at if you're a small business owner, or if you have a plan that's from a company that sounds like an insurance company. So, I, um, you know, I don't want to name too many names directly, but when you see companies like Transamerica or Lincoln Financial or Voya, like the big broker type firms, the insurance company type firms, traditionally we see higher expenses in those types of plans. Yeah. Yeah. What can we do about that? Let's say I'm in that plan. Am I out of luck? Can can I personally do anything? Can I, you know, speak yeah, as yeah, yeah. So, so the, to the point we were making earlier, that's where like on those types of plans, sometimes you'll go see, oh, the expense ratio for this active managed fund is one and a half percent. And for my index fund is one percent. And that just might be who's paying to help get the plan going. Is the employer paying for it? Or are they asking the employees to pay for it? And that might be what's driving up that cost. But if you're in a plan like that, you might want to go to your employer and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Employer, did you know that there's actually some options that exist now that bring down the cost overall of the 401k plan? Tell me more. I did not. Yeah, right. So (laughs) I'm going to briefly share my screen. The three that we um, we were just chatting about it, three that we think would be worth taking a look at. Make sure I can, can you see my screen? Yep. Okay, so the first is a company called Guideline. Guideline offers, I would say it's almost close to a robo, offer, robo advisor style offering for 401k plans. What would you say? Yeah, this is actually who we use. And yes, it's, it's low cost, uh, there, there's a very small fee. I think it's like point. And by the way, this is not a commercial for guideline or any of these companies. We have no relationship there. Um, but this, the employer typically pays all the pricing and employees, you can see they're paying 0.08% per year um, on their account balances. But I like them because they offer pre-tax and Roth. They have good options. They have a lot of options. They're low cost. Um, they're automated in a lot of ways, which saves time. Sometimes you run into issues where you just want to talk to a human and it's a little more difficult to do so, but there are, it is a good option to consider. Totally agree with that. And if we're going along on a spectrum of automation to higher levels of service, I think the next place you could go look. And so you just go to guideline.com or send that to your employer. They could learn more and mention to your fiduciary, mention to your employer and to your HR team, if you have one that they are to operate as a fiduciary with your 401k plan. So if they're in a plan that's very, very high cost and they could be in a lower cost plan, that's actually not acting in the best interest of the employees. That's a problem for them. Yeah. So the next place from a service standpoint, you could go that's probably a little bit just as automated, but maybe as a touch more service. If you want it, there's a company called Ubiquity. Ubiquity has, I think, similar styles of pricing. Um, They actually offer, if you're a solo 401k type person, but you want to have someone manage your your 
payroll or not your payroll, but all of the forms that you need to file for solo 401ks, that's called the single K versus doing it on your own through like TD Ameritrade or Schwab or Vanguard, you can use them for a fairly low price point. And then they have like the traditional plans and then you can create custom plans and go up from there. Same idea. Um, same, same, very similar concept to guideline. I think it's just a matter of finding, is this the right vendor for you or is guideline the right vendor for you? And then the, the other place that I've seen a lot of folks go, um, James is a company that's been around for a very long time who finally updated their website, employee fiduciary, (laughs) employee fiduciary is a, a very cost efficient 401k solution for small and medium sized businesses. Yeah. And I think that again, these are not endorsements for any of these as much as suggestions, but the good thing is these, with the exception of employee fiduciary, maybe 10 years ago, guideline wasn't around 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't think ubiquity is around. So it was just, it was just commonly accepted. Okay. If you're a small to medium sized business and you want a 401k, you're going to pay a lot of money to do it. And that's changing, which is good. So if you're listening to this and you have a small company, you're the owner probably has not spent a lot of time thinking about 401k. They're, they're thinking about how to run the company. They're thinking about how to grow things. They're thinking about how to how to hire the next round of talent and employees. 401k is just something that's it's like a it's like going to the DMV for a lot of people. It's like ah, I just oh. have to do it, so I'm going to get it done. It's so true. If you <laughs> and other employees go to them and say, hey, there's a solution that's going to cost you less, us less, more options. It really can be a win-win for employees and employers. And recognize that they're not in whatever 401k you're in because they probably think it's the best. They're probably in it because maybe an old buddy from college said, hey, here's what I recommend 20 years ago and things never changed. So you can push, you can't control it. If they say no, then you, I mean, that is the, your, your, those are the options you have, but they do say yes. Just know that as employees, you do have some sway you you've got some pull with them exactly and for the firm owner realize that as the as the um the sponsor of a 401k plan you are bound to a fiduciary duty and if the department of labor finds that you are not working to the best of your ability to uphold that duty you can actually get in trouble for that um and employers can't employees can call you out on that they can kind of whistleblow and be like hey we have this really cruddy plan and we asked for a better plan and they chose to do nothing. Yeah. So take the time to make sure you have a good plan in place. Because if you don't, um, it could end up biting you. And I would hate to see that happen. And in all honesty, these solutions, whether it's a guideline or a ubiquity or an employee fiduciary or another one that we haven't even mentioned, because there are others. Um, these are just the three that we commonly see a lot of small business owners utilizing. Using these usually helps you increase your savings rate. I mean, it helps you save on your the cost of the of the plan itself, and it traditionally creates better options for the employees, so they get to keep more money in their own pocket. Yeah, and ideally, we want both of you to keep more money in your own pocket. Yep, fully agreed. Fully agreed. Awesome. Well, a fairly fairly straightforward topic for today. But anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I mean, we would love to hear more listener questions as you guys have them. We're revamping that section now. So what we're going to be doing is when folks come on now and ask a question, we're going to have you um, 
write out three of your questions that you'd like to have us answered. We're going to ask you to actually go ahead and record your own voice to be on the, sh- have your voice be on the show. You can choose to be, um, to be known. So James could be James or he could choose to be call himself Jim instead. So we'd never know who James is. Super obscure. Super obscure, James. Super obscure. Uh, but the with that, we're gonna, then going to send you an element scorecard. You'll be able to have access to that scorecard for 90 days to trial. You can even try Real Personal Finance Nation for 90 days um, and just see a part of it to help you grow the community and um, to help get your questions answered. Because we really just want to keep helping you all And the best way we know how is to show you what financial planning is. And uh, the more we show you with different cases of different questions, I think the more you're going to be able to grow and and handle doing things on your own or look for help. Fully agree. Yeah. Right on. Well, I think that is a good place to wrap up for today. So Jonathan, thank you for your question. Scott. Till next time. Till next time. Yeah. Well then. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer in a future episode, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for Scott and I to answer on a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.